Hello and welcome to the show. This episode is with Stephanie Schroth of Arts Altoona. Uh, I live in central Pennsylvania. If you're not from the area, then I'm just letting you know. If you're from the area, then you already know. But uh, Stephanie works with Arts Altoona. Arts Altoona is a local initiative that is trying to bring art back into our community and especially with uh, kids in our area. So Stephanie works with an after-school arts program called ASAP. <laughs> after-school arts program, ASAP, get it done right now. You get it? It's awesome. I love the name. Uh, and what she's doing is working with local kids in low-income communities. It's starting at one specific place, which is at Evergreen Manors, on Tuesdays from 3.30 until 5.30 p.m. So if you need more information about this, you can call Stephanie. Her number is 814 814- Five zero five eight six zero one. You can go to artsaltuna.com. Oh, I'm sorry, artsaltuna.org. Scratch it, artsaltuna.org, okay, to get more information. It's a really cool conversation. Corey Geishauser comes on here because he's one of the local artists who has worked with these kids. And it's, it's a conversation, let me just wrap it up quickly, about art, but also about children and helping youth, especially in impoverished areas, which I think is one of the most important things anybody could ever possibly work on. That's why I had to have her on here to get the word out. Thank you to our sponsors like the Clay Cup in downtown Altoona, the Clay Cup. Uh, Always doing awesome things when you're talking about art. It's like the ultimate coffee shop art studio coming together, coffee and creativity in one place at the Clay Cup on Facebook and on Instagram. You can call up the Clay Cup at 201-2608, but I suggest going in there, checking it out for yourself. You can get some great drinks. You can also be artistic in whatever way you choose. There's open pottery painting hours, uh, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Also a shout out when you're talking about art, I always consider Harlequin Pepper Yoga like an art. They talk about like martial arts and things like that. Well, Harlequin Pepper Yoga is a vinyasa style of yoga. Yoga has transformed my body. Uh, I'm going to have Aaron, the owner, in here very soon for a podcast. That's H-A-R-L-E-Q-U-I-N. Harlequin Pepper Yoga in the App Store or on Google Play. And you can find her at 320 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Harlequin Pepper Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. Let's get this show started. This is Rob Z Radio. Broadcasting live from the Launchbox Studios, Rob Z Radio, and uh, today I have a really cool guest. I want to thank you, uh, Stephanie Schroth, for coming in. Did I say your last name right? Yes, that is correct. Sometimes I botch last names, and I always feel bad about it. I want to make sure I got it right. You got it right. So uh, you're from Arts Altoona, which is uh, something that's begun here in Altoona, Pennsylvania. If you listen to the podcast and you live outside of the central Pennsylvania area, because the podcast is worldwide, anybody could find it, uh, we live in central Pennsylvania, and uh, Arts Altoona is an organization that's been started here to really try to revive the city. How would you describe Arts Altoona if, to somebody who didn't understand it, or I guess describe your part in it? Well, my part in it is I'm the director of education. So I lead the education team, which encompasses every aspect of education. So working with children, adults, seniors, families, and the community. So the program that I started, the After School Arts Program, is actually a project of Arts Altoona. And it's the first project that's kind of really taken off. And we initiated this pro- program around January 2018. And I, I guess, because we had talked yesterday a little bit, and I wanted to save a lot of the conversation for the podcast. You're working with a lot of kids, a lot of underprivileged kids from underprivileged families, and you're really trying to you know, inspire them and help them find their passion, help them find their desire for art or whatever that might be. Um, I don't know where you want to start this conversation, but from the way I'm thinking to start it, like just from what the state, what the state of, you know, education is right now, especially in arts programs and also the state of like kids coming up through schools. Like, is it looking better? Is it looking worse? And how are you guys helping? Oh, I've been in education all of my life. Um, I've taught a variety of um, subjects and disciplines, and I see that there is a um, lack of the arts, um, whether it be performing arts or theatrical arts or visual arts. 
In fact, we had an intro to the arts day with the students, and we just kind of brought them together and asked them, you know, what is art? What does it mean to you? Um, tell me about the arts that you receive in school. Tell me about some of your extracurricular activities. And a lot of the students had a, a misunderstanding of what arts was. Um, they thought it was just painting and drawing, and it encompasses so much more than just that. And um, a lot of the students also shared with me that they were bored in their art classes um, or that they didn't have art because it was taken away from them in school. So this program, we're hoping to kind of bring art to them. Um, and, and like when you say art, I mean, because you're right, because when I was a kid in school, too, it was like art was drawing and painting and sculptures and that sort of stuff. And I was in broadcasting and communications like I was part of the the Mountain Lion morning radio show or morning TV show down in the basement at Altoona High. And that is art, like being a broadcaster is art, like this, like a, a podcast would be a form of art. But right. that's not like, it's not widely thought of. It's a very, I guess when they kind of describe it or you take an art class, it's a very narrow field of what art could be. They can be musicians, everything across the board kind of falls into that category, right? Absolutely, yeah, and we try to expose them to a variety of different arts, um, visual, creative, digital, media, all kinds of different things so that they're exposed to it and then they can find that niche where they kind of fit in the best. Mm -hmm. As far as the kids go, do you, when you were talking yesterday, you said a lot of them were attracted, like somebody playing guitar, like that was something they were really interested in. Exactly, yeah. I had a number of musicians there for Meet the Artist event, and they really gravitated towards the musicians, to the ones that had brought their guitars and their instruments. In fact, I had a brother and sister sit down with one of the musicians, and they just sat there, and they just, they said, I want to learn this. I can't afford a guitar. I can't afford music lessons, but I really want to learn how to play the guitar. I think this is really something that would be interesting for me. And then you said you saw another kid who was like an 18-year-old who wouldn't get involved with anything. Right. But then somebody had a, a Mevo, yes. which is like a, a Mevo is like an extension for your iPhone. Like it's a, mm -hmm. it's a digital camera that you can connect to your phone. And that's what he was interested in. So nothing else sparked his imagination, but that did. Right, exactly. He really gravitated towards the individual that had the camera there and he... He was just watching him and following him, and I said, hey, can you can you connect with him and, and show him how this works? So he showed him how it worked, showed him how he was operating it from his phone, and he his, just, his eyes lit up, and he just, he really wanted to learn more about this. Isn't that funny? I find that so interesting, because as a kid myself, personally, like, I was always kind of bored in art class. Not that I didn't like drawing, because I did. I wanted to be a comic book artist for a short period of my life until I realized I was... I, I didn't take the time, number one, to learn how to draw well, but I was just bad at it, and I just didn't... I lost interest, like, immediately. Um, but whenever I was in school, the, the, the idea of broadcasting being an art form was not mentioned. I mean, we did have broadcasting class, that's what I was a part of, and luckily I did find that, but that was never considered like an art. Right. It wasn't included. And you talk about schools getting rid of the arts programs, like, I guess my wife's uh, dad, my father-in-law, Jack Zerby, was an art teacher at Hollidaysburg High School for 35 years, always been very passionate about art, and he said throughout his tenure as well, it was very difficult to get funding, difficult to get new equipment, difficult for the school board to take it seriously you know and I guess it's just the history of art has kind of been that although it's for some kids the most important thing you would have in school right the chance to be creative instead of sitting in a chair for eight hours and listening to people talk you're actually hands-on right getting to do something exactly I actually worked in an after-school program in Hollidaysburg and it, I just kind of was talking to the kids and just asking them if they'd be interested in doing a theatrical production, and they said yes. So I got them together, and we put on this show, and it really brought these students out of their shell. In fact, I had a, a dad come up to me and say, I never thought my son, I'd see my son on stage. He's been so shy and so backward in school that you know this has really kind of opened him up. So That's the arts amazing. can do that. And I don't think many people realize that. Yeah, that's what they're there for. They're, they're there for the, to spark that creative whatever you have inside of you. I, mm -hmm. I told you yesterday, the reason I 
got into radio and broadcasting is because I was very introverted. But I knew that I wanted to be extroverted, but I didn't know how to. Like, I didn't have, like, the the self-confidence to, like, do it. So I, I needed to hide behind a microphone. They always say radio DJs are... <laughs> They're just extroverts who hide behind a microphone because they're afraid to talk in front of people. And that's really what it was. And it, and it worked. You know, throughout the years, I, I stuck with it. So I guess the other part is sticking with it can definitely uh, makes makes the most impact. But, yeah, it's just it's really how do you get that message through? And maybe you can't with public school systems. Maybe it's just the funding's cut. The time's not there. People are overworked. But you can after school. Right. There are ways to get kids to open up and find what they love to do. And that's oh. what you guys are doing. Absolutely, yes. Tell a little bit about like your history, I guess, wh- why you're working with kids, why this was so uh, necessary for you to do. What was your inspiration behind getting involved? Um, like I said, I've always been in education, and I've always seen uh, a great need with students. Um, never got to the point where I wanted to in my career as far as teaching, but... I really feel that this is where I belong, and this this opportunity came available to me, and I jumped right on it. I mean, this is such an exciting opportunity to take the arts into an after-school program at Evergreen Manors. This is our pilot program. This is where we're starting, and really help these kids who are underprivileged, at risk, disengaged. I had no idea when I first went into this. I mean, I knew the situation was bad. I knew that it was low-income housing, and I I had heard some things about that particular area, but I had no idea how bad it was. And my my heart just breaks every Tuesday when I go in there with these kids. Um, But to see that that they're coming out consistently every week, that they're excited, that they're engaged, that they're meeting and making those connections with local artists in the area, that they're becoming more comfortable with me, that they're opening up. It's just a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's very important because I guess, and I'm not there with you, but I, I mean, I've heard the stories. Like they just don't have, kids don't have, some kids don't have good support systems. They don't have parents who are encouraging them to do anything. And they're like actually discouraging them from doing everything, right? It's like you're never going to be able to do anything. Don't even bother trying or whatever the situation might be. Or it's just like a broken home kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And they don't know what to do and they don't have the anybody to help pick them up and find that thing that's going to inspire them. So that's kind of the idea of the program. Right. There's no support with these kids. When I had the Meet the Artist event, which was our kickoff event, just kind of letting them know what we're doing. I brought in all of the artists and they talked about what they would be teaching. I actually expected to see parents there and there was not a single parent that showed up. It was only the students. They like were, I mean, I don't know what the situation was, but the parents were like happy to shovel them off or, or maybe they're working or maybe they're doing something else. I guess you don't know what they're doing. Right. But yeah, it's it's really a bummer. You know, ever since I, I have a, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and, a half year old and it, ever since I had a kid, I'm much more in tune with how important it is to, to raise your kid, I guess. Uh, not having a kid, I didn't quite have the same mindset. But uh, now I, I look at it like so many parents, and I'm, I'm not knocking anybody because I don't know what people's situations are, but so many parents, it's like you're just, you're constantly pushing your kids off on other people because you have either other things to do you have a job or you have something more you feel is more important to do so it's like yeah you're always just trying to get them to go with somebody else so you can do the stuff you want to do and it always reminds me of that movie click with adam sandler did you ever watch that yes and all of a sudden time just flies by and you hit the fast forward button and you look and you're like oh no yeah 15 years has gone by and i didn't pay attention right. I, that always is stuck in my head because it's very pivotal moments in children's lives and if you miss those moments, somebody else is going to be there influencing them, and you don't really know who that person is. So, right. um, how can I guess one of the questions would be how in the future of this program and how you see it growing? What do you want to see come out of it? And you know, what do you what kind of students do you see coming out of it? Well, already I'm beginning to see that students are, sh- are are extremely creative. I mean, they may have been told all their life that, you know, that they're not and that they're not going to get anywhere. But just from the few weeks that we've been there, I'm already seeing such incredible talent with these kids. 
it wouldn't surprise me if we don't have a number of artists and musicians come out of that facility. In fact, I met with and talked with two gentlemen that came from Evergreen Manors. They grew up in that environment and they were able to to hone into music and that was their escape. With music, they were able to get themselves out of that situation, out of that environment, better themselves and to go on and to make a life for themselves. I'm going to have them come in and actually talk with the kids um, here pretty soon and, and share their stories with them and hopefully some of the parents as well. That's really powerful because they actually came from the same community these kids are from. Yes. The issue is like you just follow in the footsteps of the people around you. Mm-hmm. So if you don't see anybody pulling themselves out of that situation, then you don't think you can too. So to see that. Yeah. Where are these guys, like, where do they live? Where are they, what are they doing? They're local. And I actually met them at open mic night at the Green Bean Coffee House. Oh, cool. That's how I kind of met with them. They were, the one individual was doing a, a, a sort of a rap kind of, a, you know, rendition. And he, I went up to him immediately afterwards and I said, hey, you know, I'm working with these kids in an after school program. We're trying to bring the arts and music to them. I would love for you to connect with them. And it was just amazing how he said, I know exactly where you're talking about. I grew up in that situation. So that's really just amazing how I was able to meet him and things came together. So Evergreen Manors is like it's Section 8 housing. Is that right? Yeah. So if people don't understand what that is, it's just it's low income housing. It's 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 Mm -hmm. is it free or just inexpensive? I believe it's inex- inexpensive, so they do have a rent that they have to pay, but it's 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 a lower it's a lower end of the scale rent. Right, and yeah. the idea is, I mean, the idea behind it's a good idea to try to help people, but it tends to bring a bunch of uh, I don't know, I don't want to say the wrong kind of people together, but it just brings, I guess, people who are not motivated to or don't know how to bring themselves out of the hole altogether, and then nobody rises up out of that or very few people rise up out of it exactly it's supposed to be a stepping stone for a family or an individual to get their lives kind of back on track and then to move into other housing but a lot of them end up staying there so I want to help to get them out of that situation to get them out of that rut and to show them that you know that arts is is a means that can help them with that yeah it's very important uh I guess in the school system itself, I wanted to ask you this too. Like, what is your stance uh, as far as what you've seen throughout the school system? What What are the issues? What Where are things going wrong, and how can they be turned around? Well, if- it's been a few years since I've been in the school system working, um, but from what I've seen and what I've heard, there's a lot of emphasis on testing. There's so yeah. much pressure on getting kids ready for the math and the and, and the reading PSSAs and the, the, the other you know tests and things like that. So often the science gets pushed back, the math or the um, the arts gets pushed back and you know all these ex- extracurricular things you know kind of get pushed to the wayside and that's an outlet for a lot of these kids and to take that away from them, it's just it's not helping them, it's hurting them. Yeah, I heard a statistic that was like the way the way like public school is taught is applicable to 12% of people. So like 12 per- 12% of people actually learn that way. Mm-hmm. They benefit from sitting in a chair for 8 hours a day and listening to somebody else talk. Mm-hmm. That's 12%. So like the other um what 88% yeah. <laughs> That's not how they learn. So you're basically forcing people to do things, and it's it, who's it's nobody's fault. It's just the way it's been set up and the way it's run. And I mean, it's just kind of running on momentum at this point. But it's like you're you're teaching kids to you're, you're trying to force kids to learn in a way that just does not work. Right. I mean, the way I learn, and I've I've known this since I was young, was like hands on. If I'm working with something, and I think that's most people. If you have a mentorship or if you watch somebody else do something and you hands-on get to do it yourself, then you learn a lot better. And it also, if it's fun, yes, if they make it entertaining, mm-hmm. and it's, if it's not fun, then how are you going to... How are you going to soak up any, any of the information? That's why people hate reading. Because mm-hmm. like school made it like you had to read these things you don't care about. But if you read stuff yeah. you like, then you actually want to do it. Learning is very regimented right now. And it, it, it's not. It shouldn't be. They're taking away the creative aspect of it. They're cre- taking away the problem-solving aspect of it. So I see so many young adults coming out of high school and even into college, because I work in a college setting, that they just 
cannot think on their own. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's scary. It really is. Um, there's just the, the lack of being able to kind of problem solve and think through things. It, it, it's lacking. It is. It's very strange. And I, I can see how it has happened, but it's a bummer that it has happened that way. And I was just saying to you a little bit ago, like I've, I've considered, my son's only three, but I'm like, I don't know if I want him to go through junior high and high school. I don't know if I want him to go through the bullying and just, it, it, you don't learn anything. Like, what's the point? You're mm -hmm. not, you're getting, you're gaining nothing from it. Right. It just seems like a, oh, we just got to get them through it. And then they go to college and it's like, they don't learn it. It's just like, go to college to party <laughs> and spend thousands of dollars. And I don't know. It's, it's weird yeah. that the whole thing's so backwards. Yeah. Uh, but as funding keeps getting cut, luckily things like Arts Altoona are out there mm -hmm. that are trying to change all of that. Right. Do you see Arts Altoona... I guess you're you're pretty new to it, but like in the future, where is what's the mission for it? What is the goal? Eventually, we want to expand the program into other low-income housing facilities. And then I've also had a number of people reach out to me and ask if this is something that they can get their children involved with. So absolutely. I mean, at this point, we're just focusing on where the greatest need is right now, yeah. and that's in these um, neighborhood programs that we have targeted. We have a number of places targeted around the local area that we'd like to expand into, and there's a bunch of organizations that we've partnered with. Um, but eventually, we would like to start a learning consortium um, where we have... The, it's kind of similar to the Manchester Craftsman Guild where the students can kind of elect things that they would be interested in, mm. things that they're not going to get in the in, in the school setting. Yeah. yeah. And this would all be after school stuff, right? Well, after school for, we're looking at after school programs for elementary, so K to six, but then having a full um, program available for seventh through 12th grade. And see, my original plan for the after school program was to target elementary, target the fourth through sixth grade. That's such a pivotal age. Um, but after I, I went in and I talked with um, with um, members of Evergreen Manners, I realized that the need really was with 7th through 12th grade. There was no program for these kids. These kids were getting into trouble. They were they were walking to the mall, getting picked up for shoplifting. They are having problems with truancy, academic problems, social problems, behavior problems. There's just nothing for these kids. There's already an after-school program that focuses on helping students with homework for K to six there, but there was nothing for seventh through twelfth. And in fact, a number of programs have come in and have tried to to start a program with these kids, and for whatever reason, they've given up on them. And we're not going to give up on them. Mm -hmm. Is it the funding that gets cut or like what's the, the giving up? I think it's the engagement. I think that they've come in and they've tried to work with these kids and tried to get them excited about whatever they're offering, but they weren't able to connect with them. We're right. connecting with them because we're offering them a variety of things that kind of will interest them. We're trying to find where their niche is. We're offering them, you know, not only arts, but music as well. And just trying to, to find something that's going to to let them see that there's meaning and value and worth in themselves. Yeah. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's such a, it seems like when you when you look at it, it's like, wow, well, just spend some time with them and, and help the kids get to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. But then you also, the other issue is I guess they go home and yeah. like they have to be with their family that might not be the best influences. But luckily there's people in the area. And I think every, every area has these people. I, like Refuge Youth Network, which you've, been speaking to yeah um they're amazing mike has been on the podcast a couple times you can go back and find i have two episodes with with refuge on here and they connect like micah really connects he mm -hmm. gets it he understands kids and he understands their mindset and knows how to help them and i've said to micah a bunch of times like something i've always wanted to do is like i i uh i want to find me in seventh grade and then help me you know yeah. because like why would you not that's what I always thought as a kid. Like I wish somebody would help me out. Not that I was, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't a bad kid, but I was just kind of lost. I didn't have a whole lot of direction. I didn't necessarily enjoy school. There wasn't many aspects of it that I liked. But uh, I wish there had been somebody, an older person, to guide me along a little bit. So it's great when you finally have people who want to do that. But it's the continuation of doing it and the consistency yeah. of doing it and always being there. And um, I think a lot of people, life gets in the way or funding gets cut, cut mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, do you want to call Corey Geishauser? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. So we're going to call up Corey, who was just recently on this podcast. Um, Corey's a great guy, and he's one of the artists who was working with you guys Yes. at Evergreen Manor. 
uh, with these kids. So we're going to call him up here. This is the first time ever I've had a phone call on the podcast, so unprecedented. Let's see if it actually works. It says it's calling him right now. We'll find out. It's ringing. Do we hear it? Why don't we hear it? Hey, Corey. Speaking. We got him. Okay. Corey, so uh, uh, Stephanie's here with me. Say hello. Stephanie, hello. How uh, are you? Hi, Corey. Corey, you guys it? having fun? Yeah, we're having a blast right now, but we realized, you know, we need, uh, she's heading up this program, but we need one of the artists and a recent podcast guest who uh, <laughs> can jump on here and talk from your own experience working with these kids uh, in the Arts Altoona program. So how did you get involved? In, and you've been working with kids for a long time, so tell me your uh, experience with what you've been, what you've been doing. So far, it's been a trip. It's um, it's been a lot of fun. There are um, so many, so many kids who are just striving and 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 yearning and bleeding for uh, for arts, all kinds. And uh, I was able to, uh, with my cartooning background, go into the uh, over at uh, Evergreen Manor. And um, I think we had a, maybe a half a dozen the first time, and then we doubled it the next week. So word must have got out that um, you know, you know, uh, let's let's go in here. There's a crazy guy who's going to be talking about crazy drawings, and you know, what a great way to introduce um, artists and non-artists to the world of uh, art through uh, cartooning. Because there were kids there who who weren't really artists but wanted to learn, and I showed some uh, some tricks of the trade that. You know, even if you, you start off with some simple squiggles or just drawing a number or a letter or a shape that almost anybody can draw draw or write, we can make a doodle and a dabble into little uh, cartoon characters. And they, they had a blast. I mean, Stephanie, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. They loved you. <laughs> they oh, were asking they, about you this week. No, me. I mean, they the, the they love the cartooning. I mean, you can you can just tell. My my favorite part was how we had um like junior high and uh, senior high kids in there, and we had a first grader that came in every week, and he was he was going to run with the big dogs, and he did fine. And uh, you know, cartooning you know, it's very adaptable to for somebody who's young or young at heart. And uh, I had mentioned to the the kids that when my grandma was well into her 70s, she came to me one day and says, I want to learn how to draw like you. And I'm like, wait, wait, you sew and you knit and you crochet. Isn't that your art? But I showed her through those basic techniques and I called them games with the kids. And um, they were able to come up with some, some stuff. So bringing in any kind of music or any kind of dance or drama uh, is, is, is vital because they keep cutting us out of all these programs at school and, and, and we're all going to be a bunch of drones <laughs> and robots yeah. in, in the future if uh, if we don't you know tap into the right side of the brain which is the creativity part and it, it, it's out there too because I you know just just at a evergreen uh, manor is an example but some of the other places I've gone to I can tell when the kids have art once a month, once a week at their school or god bless the places and there are very few that have art every day mm -hmm. uh, but you, you can all I mean, it's easy for an instructor to tell that they're getting the uh, right type of uh, guidance in the imagination and creativity field so Corey, is that true like because when i went when i was in school we had art every day i had an art class all year long that doesn't happen anymore oh That'd be great. Really? Uh, now, That's depending crazy. on depending on your age, because you know, if you're you know, kindergarten, preschool, kindergarten, first, and going into second, there should be art every day. But it's like once you get to third and fourth, they kind of all right, reading, writing, arithmetic. Let's uh. go. Let's let, let's let's force this onto the kids. Where really, you they'll be better at all those reading, writing, <laughs> if they would do more art, they would be better at sports if they would do more of the arts, you know? Yeah, it's like a common sense. It's it's common sense. Like, hey. I, I just don't understand. I mean, I understand, like, the. I, actually, I don't understand the budget cuts. I feel like if you're going to be funding anything, you should be funding education. It's the most important yeah. thing on the face of the earth for kids. You should be funding yeah. things to help kids out, but that's the thing that gets cut first. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and it's kind of ironic how if you look way back in history 
way back into the Renaissance days and even earlier, the artists were the big paying jobs and the artwork was fantastic and it was all over the place. And the medical field, they were just trying to figure out, wait, uh, I don't know about this. Uh, This guy's got a a hacksaw and a a hammer and he's going to perform surgery. No (laughs) way. And nowadays the medical fields are paying big bucks and the artists are the guys that are like the, you know how history's like totally changed. It used to be the artist was the and and if you look at some of the artwork, there's something online that I pulled up. It said artwork then and now, and they had this beautiful creation of a uh, of uh, a painting done. And then they had today's art, and they had like a a ball and a and a, and a like a bean and like a stick. <laughs> right, the abstract. <laughs> then and now, well, that could be interpretive, but yeah. uh, it's like it, so much has changed in in, in the years. Why do you think it has changed? What what happened that because art's the most uh, I guess easily accessible and free program, right? You don't need a lot of supplies like a medical program, right. or you don't, you don't need a lot of knowledge like a mathematical program. Art's kind of intuitive. So why has it fallen down so far? Do you think society? So is, society. Is, it the, is it the millennials? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. don't get me started there. When you when you but, say society, uh, though, because you've been you've been in the game for a long time, what what has happened? Well, let's say one narrow it down to the past twenty years or so. We'll say the uh, internet. We can definitely say that because, I mean, there, there's there's much more, uh, you know, people with carpal tunnel because of texting and. Uh, playing all their games and stuff when like it's like here like i i have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and i will take that stuff from them and hide it mm-hmm. and say you're gonna draw a picture we're gonna draw right. we're gonna sit down and we're gonna paint of course with a four-year-old it's kind of fun because it's abstract and she paints me and she paints herself in the wall but hey right. expressionism at, at its best but it's just it's things have always been done that way you yeah. know and, and that's the worst phrase i can ever i can't you know that's things yeah. that we've done it this way well no we need art uh we need art to to make the change and uh it's just it's just a healthy way i mean how many kids keep so much stuff bottled up inside them and i remember when i worked in in arts in, in pittsburgh and went into the projects there was there was so much art therapy pouring out of the fingertips of these young kids and i'm like whoa some of the, the things that they were expressing, and it's like, well, we need to get them to uh, an art, uh, an art course, or we we need to get them to a guidance counselor. You know, there, yeah. there, there's so much stuff. Yeah, a lot of the uh, issues come out through the art, and I guess is that is that one of the issues too, because then they'll see like, oh, this person has this this art is bringing out this bad part of them or whatever it might be. You know, uh, do you think that's a part of it too? Like like people get scared that it's you're you're tapping into trauma or i don't know whatever it might be it you know what it could be i i don't know it art art i've been in the art world all my life and i still can't figure it out some days in the power uh, that it has and uh, the the best thing for a, a an art teacher or any kind of teacher is when you see the kid actually understand it or actually get it in the light bulb it goes, Ting. I mean, that that's the, the best feeling in the world. And when you see a, a, a young person create something and then, a, you know, a lot of times they have their face right down to the artwork. And it's like, come on, just put your head back a little bit. Hold that paper up in front of you. Hold it out a little bit and look what you did. And then when they smile from cheek to cheek, you know, hey, there's 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 something there. But um, it's powerful stuff and we need more of it. And it's so great that the Arts Altoona is in, in incorporating this in, into uh, after-school arts pro- uh, programs and uh, enhancing it to emphasizing. I don't know the word I want, but it's it's good. It's rocking and it's rolling. So I, I was talking to Stephanie a little bit about this, and I guess from your perspective too, with the kids that you're working with, like in these low-income housing uh, situations, what do you? Because I mean, you I'm sure you've experienced this for a while. What are the kids like coming in, and what have you seen them like? What have you seen those kids like coming out? Like, what are the changes you've noticed, and and what could be changed in these kids' lives, like day to day, that would improve what's going on? That's a good question. Uh, some of them are a little hesitant at first, yeah. and uh, some of them are just driving right in. Look out of my way, they're like a tank. They want to go right to it. <laughs> um, but you know. One of the things that I notice in the art classes that I do with 
the rec center or at the Holidaysburg YMCA or even Ever, Evergreen Manor is, let's say art class starts at three o'clock and ends at four. When the kids are coming in at 2.30 to draw and I can't get them out of there and it's 4.30, mm-hmm. that is one of the best things that warms the heart of a, an art teacher or any kind of teacher. They're coming in, you know, they, okay guys, we got to get going. Your rides are out here. No, man, they're still going to town. That That is, that's the best. And, 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 and I saw that at the um, Evergreen Manor. They were, yeah. you know, the first week they they're coming in to say, what is this? They're inquisitive. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, you know, then you got them. And then they're like, this, this is something that they definitely need. Yeah. And it's something, I guess the fact they don't want to leave also is a sign that they're not getting it anywhere else. Exactly. And it's so nice wanna... to do that because God bless the art teachers at the schools because in their class uh, in a typical class they will have 30 non-artists and maybe two artists yeah, yeah. And, and that's a heck of a uh, you know hopefully they're marines too uh, yeah I, I always but, took art just so I could like not do anything for a period right well, no, you know that's... what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was saying to Stephanie like my art was always like this like audio podcasting right. video Correct. that's my form of art so it's it art's also different for everybody involved too so when you break it down to just painting and stuff or drawing as some kids that's not their thing right right and other times they don't know it's their thing yeah until they 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 try it and I I made a talk someplace recently about the when I was working with senior citizens uh, this one lady that we had was a jock she was an athlete she uh and, and nobody in the whole family knew it and she just tried doing this we did a little office olympics type sports and she was a ringer she was bullseye on everything and uh, you know it's it with art you're ne- it's never too late you know yeah. i yeah i had i remember growing up in the neighborhood and we had a gentleman lived next to us he was like 80 years old his wife had passed and she used to play the organ and he didn't want to get rid of the organ, the church organ. It was like a church organ type thing. And he learned how to play it at like age 82. Wow. I mean, so and it, it was therapy for him because, you know, first of all, does he want to get rid of the, the, the piano? No. He keeps it for keepsake, you know, the treasures of the wife and memories. And then all of a sudden he starts playing and taking lessons at 82. So Amazing. There's, yeah, so, there's so many different avenues of art and and portals <laughs> it's a shame like yeah because sometimes the parents don't tap their kids into like letting them discover what they need to discover they kind of either force them into something or they just don't care at all yeah and instead what, of like guiding them into hey what what are you interested in what what works for you and, and experimenting my gosh that's that's it right there let let them play let them try sports let them try art let them try dance let them try singing let them try comedy uh whatever because and once you know a lot of times art is caught and not taught you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's like hey look at that look at rob z guy i like what he does you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do my own radio show or my own podcast and (laughs) get get my camera and set it on my phone and and you know and that you know it's inspiring so mm-hmm. you know flattery and there's so many people in the entertainment world that are like i don't want to teach this person all my tricks or they're gonna they're gonna take my business away but to me the way i was taught was it's you know inspiring like hey i can do what that stephanie does she's really good at kicking that soccer ball or you know she's a heck <laughs> are of you a actress. soccer player i am and oh, a coach. oh is she yes. ever. <laughs> <laughs> i i coach she's two to coach. eight year olds how to play soccer oh, basic fundamentals right. awesome <laughs> yeah so that's your passion then. That yes. was like your, your thing that you were really... Because even sports is an art, technically, it is. It right? Sure I mean, it's is. like Absolutely. martial arts and those sorts of Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Like, yes. They're art forms. Um, She's an actress too, Rob. I oh, am, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm in a show right now at the Iron Bridge Dinner Theater in Tyrone. Very yeah. cool. Okay. Now, see, I did not know this information. <laughs> so those, those are your outlets. Yes. <laughs> the, are Absolutely. they more of... They more, they're more of like hobbies. Yes, yes. But, uh, that's Things the, I, I enjoy doing, yeah. That's the funny thing is like, you know, like this podcast was like a hobby, but you can always turn the hobby into the job. People always say like, don't make your 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 hobby your career because then you'll hate your hobby. I don't think that's true. If you Boy, love if the you hobby. Lo- absolutely. Yeah. If you've got the passion, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I've never understood that statement. It doesn't make any sense to me because why would you not want to do the thing you like to do if you do it too much, you're not going to like it? Like, I don't, that, no. things don't work that way. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> and the thing that you need to instill with the, the, the young people is, you know, if you're good at your craft, whatever your craft may be, while you're growing up with your craft and you're getting better at it, people are going to be jealous of you. And the, you're going to be getting the goods and the bads. And you yeah. just need to, you need to keep pressing forward because you're going to get negative stuff and you're going to get positive stuff. And yeah. you just need to keep going. And I talked to so many artists who I taught who are out there trying to, uh, to make it in the art world. And it's a tough world. And it's like, I'm in a slump, Mr. G. I'm like, here, let, let's, let's talk. And uh, because I had people who I could always go to for my uplines and outlets to talk to. And, and that's, a, that's a good thing to have is to have a, a hero or an inspiration in, in, the, in the field who's actually doing something and, and making some money. Yeah. And, and it really helps. Yeah, you need to be able to see somebody who's done it and made it their career and is successful in it to understand that you can take it to the next level. Yeah, that, And I guess that's the hard part with a lot of those kids and, and low-income housing is they're, the people around them have never – pursued their passions or done anything so how would they ever see that and and these artists that stephanie and and kendall and, and george that they're all uh, you know accumulating and they're coming around and these artists are angels who are well i'm i'm not really an angel yeah, I, way, I have, way to post yourself up there a little bit <laughs> i got i got a halo but I, these these horns keep getting in the way right. and but these these guys and girls are going in and showing their passion to these uh, these young people, and, and and they're doing it because they love it. Mm-hmm. If yes. there's a paycheck in it, that's even better. But they're doing it, and most yeah. artists will do that because you know they'll go in and to get back to the doctor and the artist thing is you know a, a doctor gives you a bill for seven hundred dollars. It's like you pay it. There's no <laughs> okay, and you know an artist charges you seven hundred dollars. You kidding me? All right. Yeah. They're always trying to talk <laughs> us down in price. I'll give you a, a hundred for it, and then, you know. Artists have, they got to be trained, you know, you got the time, the talent, and the tools, baby. When you're putting all that in and your blood, sweat, and tears, you, they, they need to be taken care of. So, Yeah, I guess part of it comes along with, like, most artists aren't salesmen, right? You got to be able to sell yourself. And that's, that's the, one of the hardest, that's one of the hardest parts for me. It's like selling people on, like, actually taking money from them is the hardest part of the whole thing. <laughs> right, <laughs> Just right, asking right. for the money is one of the hardest things. Yeah. So. It, it, you know, and I have a commercial art background, so I actually learned early about public relations and, and marketing and uh-huh. selling an idea product in a person. So that was the nice thing that I had that, um, the background in the commercial art world and visual communications with like magazine ads and billboards and TV and stuff like that. Whereas the fine artists, which is we're seeing a lot with um, Arts Altoona are the, the fine artists who, who do their, their work at their own pace, which is the difference between a fine artist and a commercial artist. Commercial artist is Rob Z calls me up and says, Corey, I need a caricature. I mean, I need it two, in two days and I'll pay you 20 bucks. Yeah. Whereas the fine artist would be, Hey, I'm going to, Draw a picture of Rob Z, and his birthday's not till later on, and I'll get it to him by then. And it'll either be a gift or, you know, there's there's a difference between a fine artist and a commercial artist. Right. Our our commercial artist pieces are meant to be reproduced, and the you know, and and the fine artists they have the galleries and they have one major piece and they want to sell that piece and and uh, they do it for their own self satisfaction. There's no deadline, but you know, we're trying to teach that to the kids too. Yeah. You know, there's a gig. There's 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 money to be made in this field, especially nowadays when you got a laptop, an iPad, an iPhone, and a fax machine. And you I don't know, know, you can I don't know who has the fax machine. I don't know who's. <laughs> are you carrying did all I those say, things around? Did I say something from the nineties? I said something from the nineties. <laughs> yes. Um, I have a telegraph. Well, at least it was in eighteen nineties, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you got one of those. You can live up in Antarctica or down in Antarctica or wherever it is, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, send it. To, gosh, it used to be you had to be in New York or L.A. to make money in the yeah. art world, but now it's like, I mean, so many of these cartoonists that I know, you know, they like Gary Larson. I think he was uh, in, in padded walls someplace up in Seattle. Right. Uh, was Gary <laughs> Larson? Is that Garfield? Or, no, oh, that's Far Side. Far Side. Far Side. Yeah. yeah. And I said padded walls because he was a genius, but also crazy, right. insane. I loved his stuff. But it's a it's a very thin line. So, uh, you know, interestingly enough, like the, I just had right before you came in, Stephanie, there was a, a kid I was talking to, 
and he has an Instagram page. He's like 11,000 followers on it. Wow. And it's wow. just, he loves Jeeps. He's a, he's a Marine. He has a full-time job, but he loves Jeeps. And all he does is like people send him photos of their Jeeps and he posts them on Instagram. And like Instagram's a very interesting form of art because it's yes. like, it's it's very beautiful photos like the idea is like wonderful photography and it also could be just wonderful art too but that's like uh, a new form that's come along like you said Corey that you know you can market that and make a living off of having an Instagram page of featuring your stuff and other people's stuff like you don't need to the the, the walls have been broken down like you said you don't need New York or LA anymore you can do it from your bedroom right you know and you never know what the public's going to buy yeah, you really don't because I remember about ten years ago, uh, a buddy of mine and I used to do a lot of traveling together, and all this. I just started taking pictures of red barns, and in central Pennsylvania, there are hundreds upon yes. hundreds yeah. of old red barns. So I had a whole a whole bunch of them. I probably got about fifty, and and I would post them because Facebook was just coming out around then, and people were like. Make calendars out of that. You can make some money. Yeah. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but I mean, this red barns, huh? Yeah, I've seen those posters. I've seen those calendars. That is, that's true. Yeah, the old Americana stuff. Yeah, for sure. You just never know. Very true. Well, well, thanks, Corey, for jumping on here. I'm, I'm glad that I had you come on after we talked for a little bit because now Stephanie had a chance to talk at the beginning. And then you took cool. over for the second oh, half. I, did, I didn't mean to. Just, no, no, uh, I'm just I'm messing back with you. Rest. I'm happy and, to have uh, you on. Thank you for coming uh, on. Always fun. Thanks to both of you. Keep up the good work, both of you. And you're the fo- you're the first uh, phone in call on the podcast in history. So you've really oh my gosh, yeah, you've, you've broken some records here. You've created a new path. Oh, See, you I are think a I'm legend. Have, I think I've earned a Salvador Dali print, and I'll just have to come in. And it's take hanging off the right. Walls. I'm I'm staring at it right now. I actually bought that on eBay for about four bucks. You can go on there See, and get one if you want. Stephanie, one. I walked in there and I thought this was this is a, a great art gallery when I went into into Rob's closet there and I didn't (laughs) my my large my large utility closet Uh, and I didn't tell you that that Jack Zerby Holidaysburg legend legend actually did the backing for that poster he put it up on the the back there and, and sealed it to it so Absolutely. Hey, did he hear our podcast yet? I don't think that I. I've been trying to show him how to download podcasts, and he can't quite figure it out. So I got to get on and show him how to do it. Oh, God, love Jack. Uh, <laughs> it's my all right, Jack. you take it easy, brother, and Stephanie, be good. Thanks, oh, Corey. I will. Thanks, bye bye. See you, man. Well, there we go. That was fun. <laughs> Corey's ridiculous. He's hilarious. It was a great addition to the podcast as well, right? Yes. Because he kind of gets the point of cross from an artist's point of view. Which see, now, if he wouldn't have said that, I wouldn't know that you were an artist as well with your yes. with your uh, passions too. Yeah, I actually found out about the Iron Bridge Dinner Theater through Arts Altoona. So when I first got involved and was following along with their Facebook post, it said that they needed an actress at Iron Bridge, and I inquired, and I've been there ever since. So ever since August, I've been in shows down there and. Helping out with stage managing. And I've never heard of that place. I didn't even know that existed. I know, me either, right? I've lived in Altoona all my life and, you know, been with a bunch of local theaters here and working with them and, you know, found out about that. Where is it in Tyrone? Right before you go over that Iron Bridge there, right there, it's on the left. Oh. So it used to be like a Clem's Barbecue and a few other establishments. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Before you go over the bridge and then... Uh, like past Pizza Hut and everything. Yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's right there. So <laughs> well, it's before, new. yeah, before Pizza Hut and everything. Right. Like if you're going into Tyrone. Yeah. So that's pretty new. Yeah. Well, it's been there about two years now, two okay. to three years. So hmm, very yeah. interesting. Uh, so I, I guess in closing, like if people want more information about this, if they want more information about the program, and we'll put this in the show notes as well, so you can find it there. Uh, but how do how do they get involved? How could they get? Cause can any kid be involved with this, or is it just right now one specific area, and then you're going to branch out? Right now, it's it's students involved at Evergreen Manors that are residents there, seventh through twelfth grade. But I did, like Corey said, we have some elementary kids coming too. I have a first grader that showed up and a fifth grader. The first grader was there because his dad's in jail and his mom was in the hospital giving labor, and he really had nowhere else to go. So I said, absolutely, you can stay and join us. And boy, did he participate! He was engaged. He was focused. And I said, wow, this is great. And he actually came up to me afterwards and he said, hey, 
why can't I be involved with this? And I said, well, you know, I wanted to start this with 7th through 12th grade. And he said, well, I really love this and I really want to be a part of it. And I just didn't have the heart to tell him no. So I said, you know what, buddy? I said, you've been really focused, really engaged. I said, you've been doing great. I said, I'm promoting you to seventh grade. So now he's a part of the program. And then the fifth grader who has some siblings that are in the program, he found out from them talking about it. He said, wow, they've been talking about this nonstop. I had to come see what it was about. So now I have, yeah, first and fifth graders showing up too. That's so so cool. That's the... That's inspirational. It Probably is. feels pretty good. <laughs> it is. Because <laughs> you go in, you see, like, it's kind of heartbreaking at first, and you like, mm-hmm. they're just kids. Like, kids are yeah. just kids, right? Yes. They They want to have fun. They want to learn. Mm-hmm. It's just they need to find the right places and the right people to right. help them do it. Right, and that's what I want. I want the kids that want to be there. I mean, I have a consistent group of 10 to 13 that are showing up every week. They're, they look forward to it. They come down. And that, that's the kind of kids that I want. And so we're starting the program, pilot, piloting it with Evergreen Manors, but hopefully we'll be branching out across other neighborhood programs here in Altoona. And eventually we'll get to the point where we'll have a facility where we can have 7th through 12th graders and offer them a variety of courses that they can take that yeah. would pique their interest. So. If people want more information about Arts Altoona or if there's artists that want to get involved, uh, where do they get all the information or information about you, I guess? Where do they get information at? Sure. They can go to artsaltoona.org. Um, there's an opportunity to donate there. There's also on the after school arts program page, there's an opportunity to sign up as a volunteer. So we're always looking for artists who want to come in and share their artistic talents and abilities with these kids. Um, and so, you know, there's multiple ways of kind of getting involved, whether you want to help out, you know, as an artist, or maybe if you don't think that you have an artistic skill or ability and you just want to hang out with the kids and work with them, you can always use volunteers to kind of help more hands on with them. I mean, right now we're taking on a huge endeavor of making 158 Valentine cards so that the students are going to hand deliver these personalized Valentine cards to every resident at Evergreen Manors. So we could always use the extra help with the kids being sick this week. We only had six of them uh, and two adults helping so we were able to make um, 62 valentines we have 96 more to go next (laughs) week so if anyone wants to come out and help out you know just let me know you can get in contact with me Uh, my email is schroth s-c-h-r-o-t-h at artsaltuna.org very cool thank you so much for coming in Thanks, Rob. And I actually, I want to come and check out the program, and maybe I can, when is the next one, I can come help make some Valentine's Day Sure, calls. next Tuesday from 3.30 to 5.30, and we're in the Support Service Center at uh, Evergreen Manors. Okay, very cool. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You too. Hey, now. That's going to wrap it up. Awesome conversation uh, with Stephanie and with Corey Geishauser. I, I think a great message from both of them, and, uh, you know, I... One of the things I think that is most important in this world is helping the youth of America, helping kids. And we don't hear that enough, unfortunately, from our government and the importance of it. Art programs, phys ed programs, science programs being taken out of schools just uh, makes me very sad. So if I can do anything to help the situation, I would love to do that because this is what I do here is my form of art. So. Uh, really, if you ever have an organization that wants to help kids, please reach out to me. You can either go to robzradio.com and uh, contact me there or 8714-799-0064. Thank you to sponsors Juice, 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg at The Juice Bar, J-O-O-S, The Juice Bar on Facebook and Instagram. Cold pressed juice and smoothies, smoothie bowls and bone broth, uh, things to make you incredibly healthy. And I'm going to have the juice crew along with trade secrets and uh sarah from the clay cup here on the podcast uh next week which is going to be an awesome discussion of local ladies of local business but also a shout out to trade secrets another sponsor uh secrets and trade on facebook and trade secrets underscore skincare on instagram 1223 13th avenue in altoona super healthy products made for your body all natural made in house no added chemicals like all natural deodorants and bath bombs bath bars sugar scrubs wax melts lip bombs body lotions body butters that is trade secrets in altoona thank you so much for listening i'll talk to you guys next time peace That's brutal.